Welcome to the Business Bound podcast, where authors of business books chat with me, Tasha Glasgow, about their books. In this episode, I talk to Lucy McCarher about her book, A Book of One's Own, a manifesto for women to share their experience and make a difference. Lucy started her first publishing company while she was still at university and has worked in publishing and the media ever since. She's the author of 12 books and co-founder of Rethink Press, which has published over 400 niche business and self-development books. Lucy is also the founder of the Business Book Awards and has mentored hundreds of entrepreneurs and business owners to plan, write, and publish their books. We talk about the unconscious bias against women in business, why it is important for women to push past their fears and write their book, the best way to promote your business book, and much more. Welcome to the show, Lucy. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. In the first part of your book, you share some research highlighting, as you put it, the lower value the market puts on women entrepreneurs. And I found one of the most infuriating statistics being that female-led businesses are 86% less likely to be venture capital funded than male-led businesses, even though businesses founded by females are less likely to fail and female-owned firms outperform those owned by their male counterparts. This was UK information, I, I, I assume. Why do you think that is? Uh, I think it's what we like to call unconscious bias. I don't mm-hmm. think on the whole that people are overtly trying to um, suppress women's work or women's businesses. I think it's just that there's this this uh, feeling and it, it, it's part of uh, women's um, mindset as well as men. It's not just men who do it to women. Um, that somehow we don't see women as fitting the default model of leadership, of entrepreneur. I mean, if you search, if you Google the word entrepreneur, you get loads and loads of pictures and and links to men and very few women. It's just somehow we are are not um, fitting fitting the mould. And so when we uh, tell people, when we present our our businesses, our facts and figures, uh, it somehow just doesn't hit the target. And we are seen as, I don't know, you know, just not investable often, I think. Hmm. Tell me about the moment you realised that there was this unconscious positive bias for books written by men. Well, the, the moment I realised, um, I'll go back a bit because um, I've been working with entrepreneurs and publishing and mentoring um, entrepreneurs to write their business books for uh, the last 10 years and um, three years ago I founded the Business Book Awards because the area, the genre of business book publishing has really grown and become much more sophisticated and interesting over the last, I would say particularly the last five years. So um, I founded the Business Book Awards to to celebrate that area because there are awards and prizes for all sorts of um, publishing and writing areas, but but not business books. Um, and it was a bit of a, a shot in the dark. I wasn't sure whether the business book publishing industry would 
come on board, whether authors would be interested. So uh, anyway, we worked with a company called ThinkFest to set this up and uh, we launched it and we did get a lot of interest and that was great. We had 150 entries the first year of the awards and a third of those were from women and two thirds from men. However, I didn't actually notice this at the time, but I did set up a, a fantastic judging panel of publishing and business um, and writing experts. And they um, were, and it was a, a totally gender, you know, gender balanced judging panel. But, uh, and the process I thought that we had come up with was incredibly balanced and fair and equitable. But what we ended up with, um, despite having a third of entries from women, was we ended up with all 11 awards the first year were won by white male authors. So the minute, the moment that I actually noticed that and thought, how on earth did that happen? Was when I got the list of um, of awards from all the different category judging panels and thought, oh my goodness, this is uh, there's nothing. I mean, they were all excellent authors. I don't in any way want to denigrate the um, the authors of those winning books. They were all great. The books were great. Um, but it just sort of showed me that what we, uh, you know, it's, it's just how we view un completely unconsciously who are who are leaders, who are who who thought leaders are, who business leaders are. The default avatar, if you like, is is white men. Um, so so that was that was the minute it sort of um, it, it, it first um, occurred to me that this was happening. Really, yeah. How about books written by ethnic minorities? Were there many entries of ethnic minorities in, in the Business Book Awards? Are there issues there as well? Indeed, yes. The first year, we had very few entries by ethnic minority authors. And obviously, as they were all won by white men, we didn't, we didn't, have, any, uh, we didn't have any winners in there. So really, the second year, I... Um, made a big issue of I thought the only way to go with this is to is to, is to put this out there and make make an issue of it make a campaign of it so the the second year of the business book awards I went um, all out to get more women during the year we had left as it were to write and and get published get their business books published and then enter them for the awards and the following year, and that that really did seem to work. Um, mm -hmm. There was a lot of uh, there was a lot of good feedback on that. Women were women were very pleased, I think, and, and grateful to be given the opportunity to stand up and say, "Yes, I can write a good business book, and I should do." Um, and then in the third year of the Business Book Awards, which were the awards that we um, had this year, we made a real effort to, I mean, our platform, if you like, was diversity. Um, so although we did expand the diversity of the judging panel in the second year, we've also really made a big, um, we've also really looked for more diverse authors of all kinds, including ethnic minorities, um, to enter the um, to, to enter the third year of the Business Book Awards. And we've had some fantastic winners and shortlisted authors and a much you know much much more diverse range so i think you know it's a it's a small and a niche area business book publishing but what has been really good to find is that having a set of awards can be can be used as a platform to uh, to champion diversity excellent 
So what else have you done in order to start changing or making people more aware of this bias towards male written books? Well, the first after the first business book awards, I thought, well, what what can I actually do about this? And I thought, well, I, you know, I, I'll do what I know best, and um, I wrote a book. So that meant that I was able to do. Um, I did. I did the research that you referred to. I mean, did, did all the secondary research, but I also did um, some primary research myself by setting up a, an online survey for women business book authors. Um, and I got 50 women authors who, who filled in the survey, who completed the survey, told me um, what had held them back, what had, um, what had given them confidence or, or the opposite. Um, and I did some in-depth interviews. And those really were formed a lot of the content of the book I wrote. So I wrote a book called A Book of One's Own, um, a manifesto for women to share their experience and make a difference. And there are three sections to the book. The first is why fewer women do write their business books. And that is all about that that kind of uh, lack of confidence more women than men have. I wouldn't say all women have at all, but about putting themselves forward, about, um, you know, saying I have serious, useful, valuable knowledge here and I'm going to, um, you know, put it out there in book form. It's, um, it somehow feels much easier for a man to do that, it seems, and women really find it harder to, to put themselves out there in that way. So I did, uh, I, uh, the first section was about why women don't, and that included all that sort of, um, all that research about why women's voices are just not, not heard enough. And I mean, one of the statistics that um, infuriates me most, as well as the one that you um, cited about fewer women entrepreneurs getting funded, was that the same pitch, the same the same business pitch, given by a woman and given by a man, will result in the man being funded, but the woman not being funded. I mean, because it's simply because it's you know the, the voice is female, so that infuriates sure. me. And that's <laughs> one way that women can get their voices out there and it's, uh, is, is through their own book, which is really a gender-neutral thing. Once it's written, it's a book. Um, it's neither male nor female, whatever it's about and whoever's name it has on the cover. And, you know, you read the book and you hear the voice. And uh, so that's why I'm, I feel really strongly that women should write their books. You did mention, I, I believe, in the book about having a female name on the cover of a book, causing it to sell be valued lower and saying that's perhaps why jk rowling for example was encouraged to instead of being joanne being jk so that's that's an issue as well that's a huge issue isn't it that, that we have to kind of yes yeah. absolutely and um certainly um yes i mean jk rowling and it seems like a long time ago now since the harry potter books came out but you know the the um the argument that her publishers put was, well, well, this is a book about boys and boys won't want to read a book written by a woman, which is, you know, I mean, we don't have the same thing the other, other way around. I mean, girls aren't going to refuse to read a book written by a man. So, mm. you know, that real kind of sense that, you know, men are better, men are cleverer, men are, you know, men are more worth listening to than women. And there's other research that has been done in the publishing area where, People have sent the same manuscript 
to agents and to publishers with a male name on and a female name on. And the same, exact same manuscript gets much better feedback and much more interest, interest when it has a man's name on it. So um, that is, you know, uh, <laughs> that's really depressing. And uh, yeah. thing that is, it's important to highlight. And actually, I think that when you do make that overt, tell people that's what's happening, then, you know, there's a kind of light bulb, mo- bulb moment and they go, oh, God, yes, you know, that, that could have happened. I could have done that. And I'm just, you know, now I'm aware of it. It's much less likely to happen. So that was, you know, that was what I hoped my book would do. Um, and certainly when I presented those facts and figures to the Business Book Awards judging panel um, the second year and said, look, we cannot, we cannot do this again. I'm not telling you who to, who to vote for, who to, you know, what books to judge. I have nothing to do with the actual judging. But I just wanted to make you aware that this is what happened last year. This is what happens to all of us, men and women. And please, you know, when you're going through the judging process, please be aware of that. And um, it either, either you know, suddenly women's books got massively better or the judging panel um, had a slightly different um, approach. Yeah, there's a lot of work that seems to need to be done internally and seemingly how we're all raised, isn't it? That, that yeah. So that we can stop seeing these. It's not only men, women, but also um, with, with race uh, as well, as we can see with the the Black Lives Matter movement that's happening at the moment. Um, a lot of people are realizing that they have these incredible biases that they've they that they didn't even realize, and it needs to be pointed out to them, and they need to be educated. Yes, absolutely. Um, and you know, I you know speak as a privileged white woman, and you know I have learned a lot in the last few weeks. Um, you know, I like to think of myself, especially because I'm sort of aware of discrimination through being a woman. But, you know, there are whole other intersections that I have no experience of and simply had not realised that people of colour, uh, black people, live a different reality to, to that of white people. Um, so what I've been doing in the, last, um, in the last couple of weeks is I've been interviewing um, some of our award-winning and shortlisted um, authors of colour um, through the Business Book Award winners and asking them about discrimination that they've experienced as as entrepreneurs um, and and also asking them about what they think the business book awards can do because this is another interesting point about how you actually draw that attention in the second year of the business book awards we had an award for an exceptional book by a woman and there were definitely some people who thought this was not a good idea, it was special pleading and that women wouldn't want to be given an award just because they were, just because of their gender. But actually the majority of women were really, really pleased that that award was there. And it was simply there to draw attention to the fact that women write really good books. So it, it's not an award we've you know, given again, but that year it was about sort of taking a stand and making an issue. So what I've been asking um, our, 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 our black award-winning authors and also other people as well is how do we how do we do this um, at the Business Book Awards? Do we continue to promote diversity in all its forms, 
or is there something specific we should do for black authors at this particular moment in time? Um, and interestingly, all of them have said, no, don't do that. That's not the right way to go. We're all about diversity generally. And, you know, just make sure that race and culture are included in that diversity. But don't, you know, it's not appropriate to give authors awards for the colour of their skin, as it were. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's, a tough, it's a tough area, isn't it? It's difficult figuring out the right thing to do. So, yeah, it's, it's really good that you've been getting that advice. You talk about three archetypes that dissuade women on their writing journey. I think that's in the second part of your book, the risk assessor, big sister, and the twin. Risk assessor, I saw myself. <laughs> I saw myself totally in risk assessor. So tell me more about the, the risk assessor archetype. Okay, so um, I, I kind of, as I was writing, it was a, sort of like 10 kind of, as I say, kind of archetypes kind of appeared to me. They're not, they're not characters that you assign to yourself and say, oh, I'm the risk assessor. It's more that they are visitors who come to you as a woman, particularly, I'm sure they come to men as well. But the risk assessor is the part of your, the part of your mind that goes, oh, this is too dangerous. Don't do this. You're, you're gonna, if you write your book and put your name to this and you have these opinions and you tell people about your experience and you say, look at me, I'm good. I know this. It's dangerous. You could be criticized. Um, you could be taken down. Um, be careful, you know, don't do this. It's too risky. So my response to that is to say to women, actually know the danger. Think about risk in a different way. The risk to you and your business as an entrepreneur, if you don't write your book, is that you won't get your, your knowledge and your experience out there to more people. You won't be able to use your book as an authority piece. Uh, you won't get those extra speaking gigs that you would, that a book gives you opportunities for. Um, and you won't grow your business through getting your book out to prospects and clients and, you know, growing your business in that way. So um, I think men, there's lots of research that shows that men and women do assess risk differently. And in some ways, you know, women can be more realistic about it. And, you know, we think the financial crash and things that were, that was probably exacerbated by it being a very testosterone fueled area. But actually, there are times when I think women are too, are too risk averse. And we actually have to take some risk and go out there and, and put ourselves out there and, you know, doing it through your book is a way of doing it. And in fact, I, you know, I mentor a lot of women through the book writing process. And I, you know, really do find that a lot of them go through periods when they, when they really go, I can't do this. I can't, I, I just, you know, it's just too scary. I can't, um, I, 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 I'm not good enough. My book's not good enough. I can't get it published. And I have to, <laughs> and I need to take them through that and say, you're completely wrong. Your book is fantastic. You're going to work with an editor. It's all going to be fine. You do need to get it out there and it will, will all be fine. And it always is. I've never, I've never come across a woman who's published her business book and thought, oh, God, that was a terrible mistake. I should never have done it. I think uh, I, I read in your book, you mentioned that it's important that it's a good book. And, and I remember looking at it and thinking that's a really good point because there are some people who will put together kind of something that's essentially a slightly large ebook with just some like wishy-washy stuff in there and not some real meat. And they kind of tout that as a book. I expect that that can do 
harm to your credibility. Do you agree with that? Yes, yes, I do. Absolutely. You've got to have you've got to have substance before you. I mean, it can be it can be too early in your entrepreneurial career, as it were, to write a book. You do need to have to have knowledge, to have experience, and to have worked with clients or customers over a period of time so that you have, you know, you can authoritatively um, tell people. I mean, I would say the vast majority of business books are probably about process, about the process that an author takes their clients through outside the book and then turns it into book form to give that information to readers more generally. So, so you do need to have had that experience and gone through it and really formed your opinions and your expertise. And I always think that writing a good business book, I mean, there are two, there are two elements, I think, that really make your book original and engaging. And one is your own story. So I think you need to have a story. And it's not, it's not kind of the story of um, fantastic success. You know, I did this and I did that and I'm brilliant and, you know, it's much more about taking the reader through the ups and downs of your business journey that you've been through and showing them that you know where they are now. You've experienced the problems that they may be having now and you have learned how to solve those problems and your book is the answer to those problems. So I think um, while a business book is not usually an autobiography and all about the author, I do think that it's important to include the author's journey in the book. Um, and the other thing I think is really important in a, in a business book is case studies, real, live, on the ground, successful case studies with your own clients to show that your reader, that you really do know how to deal with individuals, your main text, as it were, your main content maybe sort of theoretical and general, um, but it needs to be illustrated by real live stories of how, you know, you solved individual problems with particular particular kinds of clients or customers. So those two things are really important to have to make your book a good book. Yeah, that makes sense. Absolutely. You talk about mindset preparation and publishing your book in the third part of your book. What is your top tip for a woman starting to write a business book? I think it's probably to be aware that you are going to go through these periods I've, I've talked about where you think, I can't do this, it's not good enough. And to know that actually that's not real, that is just, that is the kind of like, you know, the attack of the risk assessor. Um, <laughs> And you have to realize that through part of your, your mind, your brain, and your psychology, if you like, that will keep popping up every now and then. And you have to just have the answer and say, no, no, thank you for protecting me, trying to protect me um, from, uh, you know, getting criticized or whatever. But actually, I'm fine. I'm good. This book is good. It will be okay. And, um, you know, and just kind of stepping back and facing her down. So I, I think that's probably, if you're not aware that these um, moments are going to happen through the writing and publishing process, then they're going to take you by surprise and, you know, they might derail you completely. So I think just, you know, be aware that this will happen. It is normal. Most women, particularly and probably, you know, many men also go through this 
uh, these uh, moments of panic and you just have to just keep going. Yeah, absolutely. Why should you, why should you self-publish instead of using a traditional publisher? Oh well, um, I would uh, I would probably say um, don't self-publish, but I'll t- I'll tell you, <laughs> I say there is there are three um, ways, there are three options you have as um, as a business book publisher, particularly actually any author has at the moment, and they are the traditional publisher, as you say, which are the publishers you've probably heard of, like you know, business sales Penguin or Wiley or Coben Page. Um, and they they operate on what I would call an old school model of the publisher investing in the author in the book um, in the production process, the editing, the design, um, etc., and publishing it. And then their their business model is for them to get the return on their investment through book sales. That's pretty much the only way they have of getting their money back. So a traditional publisher is looking for authors who sell books. And that's that's one way of, of getting published. And obviously the upside of that is that it there's you know there's kudos to being published by known well known name publishers. There are also downsides though because it's a it's quite a slow process. You're working to uh, obviously the investor, the publisher's agenda rather than the author's and there's a kind of loss of control there by the author. But um, you know that's that that's that's one way of getting published. But only if you've got a broad market book, which a publisher of that kind is going to think is going to give them a good return on their investment through lots of book sales. And of course, lots of lots of entrepreneurs have a very niche market. So what they're writing about is not necessarily going to attract massive sales. And in many ways, for them, that's not. The, not even the main point of having their book published. So in that case, an entrepreneur has two other options. So one is DIY self-publishing, and that's that's what I call self-publishing. And that's where the author, in effect, becomes a micro-publisher. But it's kind of a misnomer because you can, self-publishing, because you can't publish a book by yourself, at least not, not in any way a, a good book. You have to have a professional editor. You have to use the services of a of a professional book cover designer and not just, you know, kind of generalist graphic designer. You have to use a typesetter. You should use a, a proofreader as well. And, you know, you need to know about, you need to learn about publishing, all of which is quite time consuming. And you don't necessarily know what you don't know. So third way is um, is called hybrid publishing. At least in the UK, it is, I think now, generally known as hybrid publishing. And that's where I um, have to say that I advocate this way of publishing because that's what I do. My company, Rethink Press, is a hybrid publisher. So we do everything that a traditional publisher would to a, a highly professional standard, but we don't invest in the book. The author does. So the author pays for a publishing package, in our case, which includes everything that I just mentioned before, so you know, editing and design, typesetting, and and publishing through professional publishing channels, which are different to self-publishing channels, and also you know the the um, we're there as a as a troubleshooter. We know you know the ins and outs of the business, and that, that's what a self-publishing author tends not to know. It's uh, it's much more complicated than it can appear. The the business end of publishing. 
that's why uh, my business partner, Joe Gregory, and I founded Rethink Press 10 years ago, because we saw that there were entrepreneurs with really good books to write that needed publishing who were not going to attract the interest of a traditional publisher because they weren't going to sell enough books. But they were very keen to get their book out and were very happy to pay for a good quality publishing process. So they would have a really good book out there. And then they get their return on investments, not in their book, not from book sales primarily, but from what the book can bring them back in terms of clients. And, you know, as I say, visibility, speaking gigs, being an authority, being seen as an expert in their field, and just being able to grow their business, because nothing sells you like a book. Um, and so mm-hmm. we publish, uh, while, as I said, traditional publishers look for authors who sell books, we publish books that sell authors. Nice. <laughs> I like that. It's my understanding that when you go down the self-publishing or, or the, the hybrid publishing route, that a lot of, of the promotion of your book falls on you. So do you have any advice for someone who's written a book, who's written a business book, any advice on how they can promote their book? Yes, absolutely. And it's going to sound strange, I know, but the best way to promote your business book is to give it away. Give away as many copies as you can. Strangely, this will make this will generate um, paid sales, retail sales, but also it will get your business book out and doing what you need it to do for your business. And actually, when I talk about a business book, I don't mean the subject matter is necessarily business per se. It's actually the book that um, talks about the business of the author, which can be many things. So it might be a self-development book. Um, you know, there's lots of there's lots of different types of business book, but that's the generic term, I suppose. But yes, I mean, I would say just give as many of your books away. Get a list. You know, buy buy books from your publisher or you know your printer or wherever. And and have a you know get a strategic list of people that you want to get your business your your book out there to because it is the best business card or marketing brochure you will ever have because it's not an overt sales tool. I mean it does that job incredibly well, but it's not there. Nobody is going to um, nobody is going to throw away a book that lands on their desk. It's you know you can you can um, you can throw away a business card or leave it in your wallet forever. You can delete an email. You can um, lose um, a marketing brochure. But nobody who gets sent a book or given a book as a gift um, is going to do anything but think, wow, that's you know that's that's a really valuable asset I've been given. I must have a look at that. Um, I'll remember the author's name. So just give your book away as many as possible to as many people as possible. And your book will go out there and do an incredible um, marketing and business development job for you. I think that's a, a, such a good point because I've received some some books in the post from authors, some unexpected. And it's such a nice little touch that if you write a little note on the inside. You do look at it and you do feel pretty good connection with the author when they do that. So, yeah, I think that's really good advice. Also, I I noticed that you have your own podcast. Would you recommend that an author considers starting a podcast to support their book? Um, Absolutely. Um, And it it can work both ways, actually. I mean, a book is a fantastic archive of content that when you write, you know, your 30 or 40,000 words, 
you can repurpose that content in all sorts of ways. So yes, I certainly used the interviews that I did with women authors um, and turned that into a podcast. You can also, you know, turn your book into a whole load of blog posts. Uh, you can you can use it. You can use it for articles. You can turn it into workshops and talks and keynotes and um, courses. I mean, the the content of your book, even if nobody ever. Um, read it other than you or you never actually get it published just writing planning and writing your own book is an extraordinarily valuable thing to do and also when you've written something down when you analyze your you know your knowledge your your, your experience and turned it into written words it stays in your head so it gives you a huge amount of confidence wherever you, you know to step out onto a platform or you ask questions um, at any point, you know, you always have the answer because you've actually formulated those um, for, for your book. So, yes, absolutely, podcasts, blog posts, anything, uh, repurpose the content of your book and um, make, it, make it work for you. Excellent. So what is the biggest message that you want your readers to take away from your book? The biggest message for women is to go out and, you know, realize your value and your worth, that your experience and your expertise is, is incredibly useful to other people and will be fantastic in terms of growing your own business. So don't think small. Don't limit yourself. Use your book as a way to spread the word about yourself. And also for women too, women have this dreadful habit too <laughs> of thinking, if I do something, if I work on something like my book, it's selfish. I should be doing things for other people. Yeah. I maybe, you know, should be um, working for my clients or um, my the people I work with, or, you know, I should be doing things for my family or my friends. And going away and writing a book, it feels like just for me, that's not, you know, it, it's kind of selfish. I shouldn't be doing it. And that's that's one of the things I really want to get across, that it's not selfish. It's incredibly important. You're, you're giving value to the world. And all those people you think, you know, you should be doing other things for, they will all benefit from your book as well. So for women, just, you know, go and write your book. And really for anybody who reads the book, I guess for men, it's kind of be aware that there is this bias that, you know, you may have against seeing women as leaders, as experts, um, but also for everybody. I mean, I think, you know, everybody can read the book and think and, and see that actually there is a way of doing it. I mean, the third part of the book, I actually go through the steps you need to take to write your book. So first plan it, structure it, position it towards your ideal client, make sure you have a really detailed structure in place, like a contents page that is so detailed that you know that every step of the way through your book, through the journey you're going to take your reader on, and then write it, break everything down into manageable chunks. So write your first draft and make it as rough as you like. Nobody else is ever going to see it. Then go back and review it and improve it, edit it, and then test it. Have beta readers, just a few carefully chosen beta readers, to give you feedback on that second draft and then finally incorporate what feedback you like that you've got from your beta readers and do a third draft. And at that point, you will have a really, really strong manuscript to present to a publisher, whether that's a traditional publisher or a hybrid publisher or an editor if you're going to self-publish. But, you know, take everything in steps 
and um, realize that it is very doable. It's not some big, huge, amorphous task that you kind of get um, overwhelmed by. It's all very possible if you take it in chunks and, um, you know, take your time doing it. Um, and, you know, there is there is a way for anybody with the right experience to produce a really valuable book. So what's next for you, Lucy? What are you working on at the moment? Oh, well, at Reaping Press, we're developing a, a new, we're, putting, we're actually putting more emphasis from next year. 2021 is going to be a, a year of some change for us because we are going to start creating a course, a program for far more people to come up to, to learn how to do exactly what I've just said, to plan and write their books. So we are expanding from being a publisher, really, who had a small coaching team and mentored and coached individuals to plan and write books to now do that much more widely. So we are, um, I suppose I kind of think of it as like a book machine. So we're going to be able to offer far more potential authors, far more entrepreneurs, the ability to come, come in right from the start and to plan, get the uh, support to really plan and write their books, and then take them right through the publishing process as well. So we have a um, we have developed our own software for planning books online, which works unbelievably well. And really, you know, it, it, so we're really um, going to be offering a um, a much more um, widely available coaching service, I suppose, for authors, so we can take them from start to finish. That's what we're going to be doing at Rethink Press. And I am with the Business Book Awards. We are expecting to expand this year as we have done over the last three years and hopefully become more diverse and get more entries from and, and be able to showcase more women authors, more um, authors of colour, more diverse authors of all kinds. So uh, that's, that's what 2021 is, is going to be about for me. Fantastic. How can our listeners get in touch with you? Okay, well, so if you're an entrepreneur who wants to uh, write and publish your book, drop me an email at lucy at rethinkpress.com. And if you are a published author or will be by the end of 2020, then please enter your book in the Business Book Awards. We'll be opening for entries quite soon for the next year's awards. Um, and that you can find on businessbookawards.co.uk. And I would love to see your book entered for, for the awards. Excellent. Do you accept American authors as well in the, the, the Business Book Awards? Do you have a section for American authors? We, we have a section for international books. Okay. Yep. Yes. So, and uh, our winner this year was Chris Wilson, um, an American author who wrote an amazing book called The Master Plan, um, and, and an amazing black author. He just has an extraordinary story, and I totally um, think everybody should read that book. Um, at this precise moment, particularly. So, so yes, I mean, we do. We would love to hear from American authors. Awesome. I will put the links that you've mentioned in the show notes for this episode so that uh, our listeners can go there and have a look and click on those. Lucy, thanks so much for talking to me today. It's been really great having you on the show. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please leave a five-star review on whichever app you're listening on. 
Also, check out the website, businessboundpodcast.com, for show notes and information about upcoming episodes. This episode is sponsored by The Pod Squad, the podcast agency that books experts on relevant podcasts to increase their visibility and help them spread their message to a new audience. Full disclosure, my day job 